Welcome again, everyone, to another edition of the Surma Pod. This is the podcast for the Sports and Entertainment Risk Management Alliance. I am the founder and CEO of Surma, Rich Lankov. I'm also host of the Surma Pod. And today we have a very special guest on some very breaking news. The Live PGA merger. Is it really a merger? We'll get into that in a little while with our very special guest, Jerry Matman from Dwayne Morris. Jerry is chair of Dwayne Morris's workplace class action group. He is also an amateur golfer and, very impressively, a member of the Washington and Lee Athletic Hall of Fame. Jerry, welcome to the Sermapod. Thanks so much. I'm a big fan of your uh, work and glad to be here. Tell us a little more before we get into it, the, the Hall of Fame. We don't have many Hall of Famers on the show. Tell us uh, about that background. Well, I played... Uh, uh, collegiate golf at Washington Lee, and back in the day, uh, we played match play, college versus college, and somehow I went 50-0, and 0, never lost a match. Wow. And uh, as an alum, I think in 1992, they put me in the Athletic Hall of Fame, which was uh, quite an honor. And uh, when I uh, competed, I took uh, fifth in the NCAs as a junior and third uh, as a senior. And uh, since then, I've stayed involved in golf. I volunteered as both the general counsel of the statewide golf association here in Illinois. It's called the Chicago District Golf Association. And then for two years, I was its president. And then I was on the regional affairs committee of the United States Golf Association. And then I've continued playing golf. I've played in the U.S. Amateur, British Amateur, Canadian Amateur. Uh, In fact, in 10 days, I'm going over to Scotland and I'm playing in the Scottish Senior Amateur. So I've been around the game and uh, love the game. And so I've been intrigued, I think, as all sports fans are, by what has occurred in, uh, uh, with Liv and the PGA Tour and, and then the incredible bombshell news this week about uh, the combination, the merger, the partnership, however one might want to define it. And that's a very important definition, which we'll get into in a second. But let me, re- let me start off by reading the quote, because it's it's almost an unbelievable quote from Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour. He described the agreement almost as intended to eliminate a, co- a competition. He said, this is, quote, I felt very good about the changes we've made and the position that we were in. But ultimately, to take the competitor off the board, to have them exist as a partner, not an owner, and for us to be able to continue the direction going forward. Now, saying out loud that you are looking to take a competitor off the board, Isn't that per se a violation of federal antitrust laws? Well, uh, you can't unring the bell. It's an admission. He said it. And I'm sure it's going to come back uh, in print in uh, future legal uh, pleadings or in the Department of Justice uh, review for antitrust um, reasons as to whether or not this combination can occur. And He's a lawyer. He's an intelligent man. Um, one presumes he knows what he's doing, but uh, that's something I probably would not have said if I was in his position. If uh, one of the things I was worried about is getting the stamp of approval from the Department of Justice to allow this combination to move forward. That's a problematic statement. So, Jerry, just to give our listeners and our viewers some context and I'm sure there's no one out there who hasn't heard of the story because it's not only the biggest story really in golf in 
you know, in many years, it's almost one of the biggest sports stories in many years. And that's because these two entities, the PGA and Live, were really at odds. When I say at odds, it wasn't just a, your, your normal friendly rivalry. This was, you know, litigation, of course. They sued each other uh, for violation of antitrust laws, and they were really at odds, right? And part of this was wrapped up with the idea that they were, you know, Liv was an upstart steal, stealing, according to PGA golfers, by throwing a lot of money at them from the PGA Tour. And there's also this element of the allegation that Liv is, is, is getting a lot of their funding from Saudi Arabia. That part's not an allegation. That's true. But the allegation is that, is that a lot of that Saudi money and investment is tied up with terrorist activities. A lot of the 9-11 families are, are very upset with this. So with that backdrop, why was this such uh, an earthquake in sports just a couple of days ago? Well, I, I followed the lawsuit uh, day by day. And you know, obviously, most of it were public record filings. And uh, there was the court of public opinion looking at the lawsuit. And it was pretty clear that PGA leadership said things like, this case will never be resolved. We're never going to settle. This is a fight to the finish. We're never going to get in bed with uh, Liv and Greg Norman. And um, it is pure sports washing by the Saudi government and using golf as a tool to an end and lining up support of people in Congress, lining up support of the 9-11 families and organizations. And it was as much an emotional and moral issue as it was a legal issue. And one would have to conclude uh, until this week that they were on a collision course for a trial. And most people looking at it thought the PGA Tour was winning most of the legal arguments. And then lo and behold, uh, there's this announcement. And so I, I think it took people by surprise because it seems so clear that the PGA Tour had a view of the world and what they wanted to do and went so far as to say to its members, the professional golfers, don't uh, abandon ship, don't accept the money from live, stay with us, and we're going to triumph. And so it makes sense now why when Jay Monahan announced this to the players at the Canadian Open in Toronto, that to a person, most of the PGA Tour professionals were up in arms and upset and felt betrayed about this head snapping pivot by the PGA Tour to, as described by some of them, get in bed with the Saudis and live and to um, lock arms going forward. And so, you know, the statement you read from Jay Monahan and, you know, is this good for competition when the Department of Justice is looking at it? Or is this a, um, a, a monopolistic entity that just eliminated uh, the one uh, competitor uh, that was peddling an opportunity for professional golfers to earn a living and play in events uh, on an alternative tour. And two tours turned into one tour and the devil's in the details and we don't know what the financial arrangements are, but you know there are as many unanswered questions um, as there are uh, hardly any answered questions. So. There's a lot of maybe this is mile marker one of a marathon that's about to be run and a lot more is going to happen in the coming months, I would think. Yeah, Jerry, let's get into some of those questions, because I listened uh, very intently to the interview between um, with, I think it was on Squawk Box with Monaghan and the leader of PIF. And and, and uh, what he said, what struck me was that Monaghan said that this will eliminate some of the tension that's been building up 
you know, between our organizations. But isn't that tension that he speaks of, isn't that the essence of competition? In other words, don't you want that tension if you're a consumer of golf? With no tension, there's no competition and arguably a worse product. That tension is really a key a key term, I think, that he used. Well, I mean, because of this dispute, one would be hard-pressed to say the PGA Tour and Live were not uppermost in the mind of most people and in the news on a daily basis because of the tension, the competition, the drama, the emotion, players on Twitter talking about one another and their respective tours. Now that goes away. And how do you create basically um, a divorce that becomes a marriage and everybody's supposed to get along and eliminate that tension? And so it remains to be seen. Uh, is Jay Monahan the new CEO? Is he the new commissioner? How do you treat former live golfers that come back? Uh, what do sponsors say who say, I don't want anything to do with it? What do players, you know, who said, uh, I have a uh, million dollar endorsement contracts. What happens to them? So they're going to be financial ripples in many directions that probably Jay uh, didn't even think about when he was making this announcement on Squawk Box. Jerry, very importantly, uh, settlement of litigation between litigants doesn't end antitrust concerns, right? I mean, explain, explain right. why that. Explain that if you can. So um, as we understand it, based on the press conferences, the statement was made that the lawsuit in San Francisco that started out with live and some live players for antitrust violations against the PGA Tour that then morphed into a double lawsuit because a counterclaim was made. That case is going to be resolved. And most lawsuits like that get resolved by both parties paying their own attorney's fees no exchange of money, and they go away. They pay their own costs. Presumably, that's going to occur here. Uh, but there was an ongoing or is an ongoing Department of Justice investigation that has nothing to do with the civil litigants in terms of whether or not all of this represents um, a violation of antitrust laws. The Department of Justice has jurisdiction to do this. And so imagine a a brush fire, and now let's pour some gasoline on it and, and ignite it. And so now the DOJ is going to look at is the combination merger partnership, however one would attach a label to it, to eliminate uh, live as an alternative tour and to merge those tours. Is that good for competition or is that indicative of a monopoly that just swallowed its sole competitor and now we'll be able to dictate the sort of terms uh, that uh, brought the PGA uh, players who had abandoned the tour and gone to live to say all these rules and regulations about how I may earn a living constitute abuse of a monopoly and violate our antitrust laws. And as the laws are set up, there's going to be a review procedure or can be a review procedure to allow this combination. The closest analog in the last um, two years would be JetBlue and American Airlines announcing that they wanted to combine and the Department of Justice reviewing it and saying, no, it's it would violate antitrust laws. And so just because Liv and the PGA Tour said, we're gonna settle our lawsuit, you know, Uncle Sam still has a say in the matter in terms of 
how they settled it. A part of the settlement is to merge. And so um, we're still in the middle of the book and there's some chapters that need to be read. And it's not a done deal in any respect that this is going to be okay and it's going to survive as it was announced this week in the press. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, uh, American Airlines JetBlue uh, merger that the DOJ, the federal government, you know, put a nix on because they did feel that it was not conducive to competition. They also earlier did the same thing with the Simon & Schuster and Random House proposed merger. Right. Do you think that this particular administration, the Biden administration, is more aggressive uh, in fighting these kind of mergers? President, Ex-President Trump, you know, was very vocal in his support of Liv. I think I saw a tweet for Truth Social post by him yesterday saying that this is a big, beautiful merger. So does the uh, fact that the DOJ is under the auspices of a Republican or Democratic executive, does that have any effect in your opinion? has a ton of impact. And so there are a couple of data points there that are very interesting, if not somewhat inconsistent. And so it is a fact that the Department of Justice under the Biden administration has been quite aggressive um, in terms of policing antitrust laws and reviewing things. Uh, and I'm reminded of the announcement on the Golf Channel the night of the combination when Brandel Champlee was interviewed and he was a longstanding critic of Liv, and he was asked, what do you think? And the first words out of his mouth were, this sure looks like wage suppression to me and a walking, talking antitrust violation for a combination of these two entities. And the number one area that the Biden DOJ has been going after is wage suppression. They've sued staffing companies, fast food restaurants, uh, universities, high tech companies, that all have these agreements uh, that allegedly at the end of the day suppress wages. And so this sort of wage suppression issue is right in the wheelhouse of what the Biden DOJ is looking at. But then there's an inconsistent data point. What are the optics of this? The, the who are, Who's being injured? Well, professional golfers. And how much money do they make? They're gajillionaires. And now they're making a lot. And so is a, an intelligent expenditure of the taxpayer dollars to uh, look at the market for people making millions of dollars a year and flying on private jets and saying they're underpaid and they should make more. And rather than getting $15 million a year, if it wasn't for these anti-competitive impacts, you'd be making 25, probably not an area from an optical standpoint that makes sense for the Department of Justice to be spending a lot of time and effort on. And then there's a political overlay. Um, most of the tweets and most of the announcements that came out of Congress were anti-combination. What in the world's going on? We feel betrayed. We feel like we've been used by the PGA Tour that were lining up congressmen and, and political leaders saying that all behind the PGA Tour and don't get in bed with uh, Liv. And so you have this combination of political, legal, focusing factors about this investigation. And so how they navigate through all those shoals remains to be seen, but it's a very complex equation and dynamic as to uh, how the investigation will take place and what the goal will be. And one of the key points they'll be looking at, Jerry, is, again, how this uh, merger, how this new company 
how it affects the consumer, right? I mean, the consumer right. in this case is a golf fan. It's a little easier to understand when you're dealing with airlines that if you merge two airlines, it's probably not going to be as much fare wars. The consumer is going to be hurt. Uh, but how is the consumer affected? I mean, arguably, the consumer is going to benefit from this because they're going to be able to see all their favorite golfers, you know, in the same entity. But how do you think this will be viewed as uh, affecting the consumer by the DOJ? Um, I, I think it's great for golf fans, as you say, you know, rather than only the four majors where all the greatest golfers in the world get together and are all on the same stage and playing the same course. Now, presumably, that's going to be 15 to 25 events per year where they're all playing and you're not going to have this division of tours. But now, what are the rules of that new organization going to be? Because it, now it's going to be basically the only game in town. It is in essence, a monopoly. And the whole reason that Liv started up was because of that concern about, I can't get appearance money. I can't play in other events sponsored by other tours or private things. And so it's gonna be like the second generation of those same problems in terms of how they construct and create the tour. And so if you're a fan, you love it. If you're a golfer, you know, you're kind of scratching your head and saying, I'm making more money, but my hands now are even tied tighter than they might have been tied before. Uh, probably, you know, if you're one of the marginal players and the 48 players who abandoned the PGA Tour and went to live, you moved up 48 slots. You made more money. Well, now they're back and you're back probably behind those 50 really good players. And so, you know, they're going to be the superstars. Maybe it works out great for them. And then you're going to have the fringe players that might not have the opportunities that they had over the last year because of live. So it's going to impact golfers in different ways. But I think as a fan, probably you're, you're tired of this drama and you're glad that everybody's back going to be playing the same course. Golf partners, I think are going to be, you know, probably the ones who have the strongest argument that they are affected, right? If you're a broadcaster, if you're a sponsor, if you're a naming sponsor, uh, there's only one game in town now after if this goes through. So I think they'll have the biggest beef. But I just want to turn your attention to the limited time we have left to this idea that it's not a merger, right? A traditional merger, um, I think, subjects this to more scrutiny. I think Jay Monahan was very careful in calling this a, you know, new business entity. That's how that's how they're they're pitching it. Does that matter? Will the DOJ be fooled if they just call it something else? I don't think labels are as important as the actual reality of what the relationship is. And the Department of Justice will look behind the label. And so simply coming up with a creative label for antitrust purposes isn't going to shield the, uh, the organization from the investigation. And so I think uh, we don't know, or, or at least it hasn't been reported publicly, exactly what that structure will look like. But it will be very interesting to see as to who has the decision making power and whether or not it's divided among various parties or if there is someone in charge. You know, in the world in which we live, typically those who fund it, those who pay for it tend to make the have the power to make the decision. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, Jerry, it's expected uh, that the PGA would argue in response to uh, an antitrust uh, on a continued antitrust uh, investigation after this news is that their business would be adversely affected if they weren't able to merge, right? In my, my understanding is that that typically works better if you're like a business that's on the verge of bankruptcy 
you know, PGA is not on the verge of bankruptcy. Arguably, they were losing money as a result of the competition. But how do you think that argument would play as a defense to the DOJ? I don't think that argument has a lot of weight, uh, let alone merit. And um, I, I, you know, it's such a common sense argument that let the consumer decide who has the better product, live or PGA tour. And I think that the issue uh, is more about is this good for competition um, than it is about the label. And I think it's a very, very tough argument. And it raises the whole issue of the baseball antitrust exemption and professional sports and how they operate. And uh, you have the antitrust law here and those market forces don't seem to impact uh, a sports league the way it does in, in private business. You know, one of the arguments was that um, the live market was a fiction, that it really wasn't a competitor, that it was a government with an unlimited pot of money behind it that didn't have to respond to market forces, that the typical Darwinism of the economy really doesn't apply to an entity that's got $500 billion in its bank account. And so how that plays out and whether or not that live money or or uh, Saudi Arabian money now backs the PGA Tour and how it impacts its decision making and its rules for its members, you know, still needs to be played out. It's a very, very difficult issue. And I think that uh, antitrust uh, compliance and getting through the process is going to be more difficult than it's be being made out over the last 48 hours in press conferences. Jerry, last question. Uh, in addition to Liv and the PGA, the DP World Tour is also a part of this new entity. Uh, that's, of course, uh, a European, that's the European Golf Tour. How do you think that, uh, that will be looked at by Europe? Do they look at the alleged you know, monopolies the same way the federal government here does? Uh, they look at it differently, but in essence, it's kind of the same test of reasonableness and is it good for competition? But um, I would say that's secondary because the main game in town is in the United States. And so they may well be taking a wait and see attitude. Certainly there are other tours. There's a tour in Africa. There's a tour in South America. There's an Asian tour in Japan and in Korea. But the best golfers in the world always had been on the PGA Tour, and that was the main tour, sort of the major leagues there, but it funnel up into. And so the issue is, does the African, South American, and Japan Tour represent vi uh, uh, viable competition? And they're really not viable because the purses are so tiny and the competition is so limited as compared to what happens on the PGA Tour. Jerry, greatest golf shot you've ever made? Uh, hole in one on the ninth hole at LA Country Club, which is the site of where the U.S. Open is next week, a three iron from 210 yards. It was on a Friday and very exciting when I got up there and saw it was a hole in one and then realized there was a, a wedding that afternoon and a wedding reception and a thousand guests. And so on the 10th tee, I was thinking, oh, my God. I'm going to have to buy drinks for over a thousand people. And the pro came out to me on the 10th green and said, don't worry. You only have to buy drinks for your uh, three companions in your foursome. We're not going to make you as a guest uh, buy a thousand drinks for everybody at the clubhouse in the wedding reception. Wow. You got off easy, but great. I shot. got off very easy. Very easy. Where's that ball right now? Uh, it is on the mantle in my home office. 
Wow. <laughs> Along with many other awards and accolades. Jerry Mantman from Dwayne Morris. Thank you so much. The um, Twitter handle, very interesting Twitter uh, content is E is G, at G underscore M A A T M A N. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us on the Sermon Pod. Please come back and join us as this story continues to unfold. Thanks so much. It was great to be here. Ideas, strategies, and opinions represented on this podcast are those of the speakers and do not represent the ideas, strategies, and opinions of their employers.